Hey everyone, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and we've got a great show today, uh, lots of questions. Uh, I'm going to be talking about how to help a person be able to control their pupil better. And somebody's asking about, they have all these different eye conditions, where to start. Uh, somebody is also asking about, uh, since the MSM eye drops have been discontinued, what can you do? And I have a question from a lady who's suffering something called central retinal vein occlusion. So stay tuned for the show. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, folks, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'd like to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast. This is podcast number 66, and we've got some wonderful questions today, so I think I'm going to jump in. Uh, the first question is from a gal who is asking about exercises or natural ways of healing the pupil of her right eye. She says it does not close and too much, too much light gets in. Uh, what can she do? So let's talk about the pupil for a minute because uh, the, the pupil is the part of the eye that um, it's the opening of the iris, which is the color part of the eye. You know, we all have blue eyes or brown eyes. And so the pupil is the aperture that actually dilates and constricts based on the amount of light that we're experiencing. So, for example, <clears throat> in a normal person, uh, the pupil size is somewhere between two to four millimeters in diameter in bright light, but then uh, it will um, open to four to eight millimeters when it starts to darken. And both pupils uh, should get smaller and larger at the same time and be the same size. Now, sometimes you have differences in that, and the first thing you want to rule out is a neurological problem. So perhaps either getting a you know comprehensive eye examination or going to a neurologist to make sure that uh, you know there there aren't things like um, tumors or neuro neurological deficits. Because if one pupil is working differently than the other, there could be uh, an interference in the pathway and you want to have that checked out. Another thing about the pupil is that when you uh, focus up close, the pupil tends to get smaller. So when you're looking at near objects, the pupil will get smaller, and when you look out into the distance, the pupil will dilate. Now, one of the concerns that I have is that when people use uh, digital devices, and they're doing it in the dark, like under the covers, or in really dim light, the pupil dilates more to try to get more light in. But what it's doing also at that point is it's inviting more of that chaotic blue light into your eyes, which can actually be very damaging. So, you know, if you're watching TV, if you're doing any digital stuff, you want to make sure you have some ambient light on in the room so your pupil isn't too dilated. Now, in my travels, uh, in my clinical practice, uh, what I've observed is that stress 
can actually uh, have an interference in the pupil response. In fact, uh, and this has also been proven in uh, research papers, that if a person is under stress, uh, their sympathetic nervous system, that's the part of the nervous system where they're in the fight, flight, freeze response, and the adrenals are overworking, uh, that the pupil does not constrict as easily. In other words, it stays more dilated. So this gal who's asking the question, saying, well, what can you do to have more self-regulation of the pupil because it tends to stay more dilated? Well, the first question I would ask is, you know, what's going on in your sympathetic nervous system and your adrenal health? Because if you are under stress, whether it's visual stress or emotional stress, uh, the pupil tends to stay more in a dilated state because of the adrenals overworking. Now, another uh, important fact here to consider in the pupil regulation is that in the interim, you're probably going to be suffering more light sensitivity. That's, that's a given. And this is where you want to protect your eyes, especially if you're going out in the sun uh, or you know, even if you're doing your digital time to get blue blocking lenses, uh, the, the, these would be things that I would definitely uh, recommend because you're much more vulnerable when the pupil stays dilated, especially in, in bright light because you're going to experience light sensitivity. Now, in some of the eye exercises that uh, I promote, uh, some of them that I would uh, recommend for uh, this person would be the exercise that I call the end palm hum. So this is a combination of palming, which I got from the Bates method, and that's where you rub your hands together and put your hands over your eyes, your palms uh, over your eyes, your eyes are closed. And then I combine that with making a sound because sound is one of the best ways to uh, release compressed tissue in the face, the eyes, the head. And so you're doing the humming on the exhale while you're doing the palming. And there's a snowball effect to this exercise where if you do it several times a day uh, over you know, a period of time, it's gonna start to de-stress your eyes, your nervous system. And on the long view, this could be one of the ways that you could uh, begin to have a little better self-regulation of the pupil response. Another thing you can do is, um, and I, I, I say this, um, you know, very, um, with a lot of respect, that uh, getting some acupuncture uh, might be very helpful in terms of, again, balancing out this nervous system response. Uh, and I find that acupuncture is one of those modalities, especially if you go to a a really gifted Chinese medicine doctor who can really help access a deeper uh, balance between your sympathetic nervous system, the active state, and the parasympathetic nervous system, uh, your more relaxed uh, receptive state. Uh, I think that, you know, in terms of dietary changes, I would definitely go more into an anti-inflammatory diet. You know, we know that you know, if your body's more acidic, uh, your nervous system is going to be more on edge, chronic inflammation, 
oxidative stress. And your visual system is, is kind of the one of the barometers that you can use to uh, signal whether your body is in balance or out of balance because we get such a direct feedback in it. So it's not something that can change overnight, uh, but uh, there are definitely some things that you can do to maybe reduce some of the, uh, the pupil response in the dilated state. I'm gonna say one more, one more modality that I've used, and that is color therapy. You know, when we use light and color therapy uh, into the eyes, uh, it is tremendous in terms of balancing our autonomic nervous system. 25% of the, uh, the fibers in the visual, visual system actually go to non-visual areas. So when the color therapy comes into your eyes, 25% of that frequency goes to the hypothalamus, the pineal, the pituitary, and it also um, activates the blood in the eyes. So the color therapy is actually creating this circulation loop throughout your whole body. Uh, so the, the color therapy may also be another way for you to learn to regulate the pupil response. And the colors that I would start with would be the blue end of the spectrum, either the green, blue-green, purple. Those colors tend to stimulate more of the relaxation response in the eyes, where the red, orange, and yellow stimulate the more active state. So you'd want to stay more in the, you know, maybe green, blue-green, blue, green, blue uh, purple, indigo-violet, and maybe a few minutes, two to three minutes, looking through each of the colors, really taking the colors into your eyes and into your body as you look through the colored gels or the colored glasses or whatever you're doing. Uh, so that could be another uh, way that you could maybe work with the, with the pupil response. So I hope that's helpful. It's a great question, and thank you uh, so much for uh, sharing it. Next question is from Catherine, and she writes, I'm a little stumped on how to proceed. I have about five different eye issues, and, had a and how do I work with this? Uh, I ended up getting sick, and I was in, unable to work with your exercises. I'm really suffering from dry eye and Sorgan's disease, um, and I can only focus on one eye at a time. Let me add that I also have astigmatism. I wear reading glasses. I've been diagnosed with cataracts. What can I do? And the last thing is that I had surgery at age three because my two eyes don't work together. All right, well, this is a, this is a fabulous question. And, you know, the, these are the folks that just can't get helped by regular eye care. Uh, because in regular eye care, it's too busy. You know, you're just on a, an assembly line, and, you know, it's no fault to the doctors. It's just how the reality is. And for Catherine, she needs something out of the box. Well, the first thing is, is that when, it, when you've had eye muscle surgery at age three, uh, what happens when you do the surgery is that the brain gets very confused. And the reason why the brain gets confused is because the source of being able to direct your eye muscles occurs in the brain. And when you do eye muscle surgery and you change the length of the muscle in the eye, you're not really going to the source, which is to the brain, so you change the eye muscle, but the brain goes, well, wait a minute, you know, I, I, how, how did this happen? We changed the, the length of the muscle. Now what do I do? I think I'm going to go back to 
where my eyes were before the surgery. And so this is why the eye muscle surgery doesn't work because you have to do multiple surgeries and you may get a cosmetic cure where things look straight, but on a functional level, it is a disaster. It just does not work. Uh, so you're dealing with that initial overlay, which is creating some confusion in the brain-eye connection. And I know one of the questions you had was about one of my exercises called the yin-yang peripheral vision exercise, which is an exercise that helps people develop a soft focus, but they have to use two eyes together in a, a divergent kind of a focus, and you've been struggling with that. So I, I, I wouldn't start with that exercise because you're still, still dealing with that eye muscle surgery, believe it or not. So I think where I would begin is in two areas. The first would be the dry eye. Uh, so, you know, with dry eye syndrome, it can be excruciating, you know, especially when you've got sorghums on top of that, which is an autoimmune disease, and it really attacks the eyes and creates a lot of inflammation. So I would consider doing the eye drops that uh, are homeopathic, and I would do them several times a day. Uh, I also would probably do just some basic simple exercises like the end palm hum, the eye stretch, uh, the eye scan. And I would just start with those uh, every day. In addition to the homeopathic eye drops, uh, I would be you know, taking at least 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, I would really steer towards a diet of uh, anti-inflammatory, plant-based, um, getting loads of antioxidants uh, into your body, taking daily probiotics uh, to see if you could boost your microbiome and, and reduce any inflammation in the gut. And uh, I would be very liberal in terms of the eye massage with the eye drops, the eye bath. Uh, these are all things that are readily, you can find on my website, which are very effective. Um, if the dry eye is still bothering you after the eye drops, then I would do the eye bright compress with tea. So you get some loose tea and you brew it up, let it cool, you strain it, and then you make a compress over the eyes. You can do either hot or cold. I like to do both because I think they're... You rock the, the glands in the eyes, the, the lymph, and so uh, that would be uh, preferred in terms of getting the, the lacrimal glands and the meibomian glands producing more tears on the cornea. Uh, I would make sure you're getting a lot of nutrients. You know, the B vitamins are really good for the cornea. Uh, obviously, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, you know, foods with um, bioflavonoids, uh, and carotenoids, you know, the green leafy vegetables, rainbow diet. So you really have to focus in on the diet and then lifestyle. What's your visual stress like, your digital time? Uh, I'm hoping you're using single vision lenses. Don't use bifocals because based on your eye muscle surgery, if you're trying to focus through a split lens and your eyes are split, it's going to create more confusion and stress. Uh, you might consider, since you do have cataracts, you could certainly add the Cineraria eye drops and making sure you're getting uh, glutathione into your body. Um, glutathione and vitamin C are really important in terms of, uh, you know, preventing, re reversing cataracts, improving lens health. Uh, so there's a lot of things that you can do in combination, but in terms of the 
the eye exercises, I would stay with the ones that you're not having to use two eyes to focus because you're not ready for that. Uh, if you want to delve more deeply into the exercises, the eye dialogue would be good. Using the eye patch would be great. Um, and I would, you know, work with this for maybe two to three months. And the goal would be to get more oxygenation and hydration in the eye tissue, get the eyes more lubricated, more moist, uh, you know, really support yourself with reducing your stress, you know, getting better sleep, getting, um, you know, exercise, I mean, getting some aerobic exercise every day, boosting your fats and oils. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's several things that you're going to need to do because you've got a lot going on in your eyes and there's a lot of different issues there and you can kind of overlap and combine, especially with the nutrients and the eye drops, you know, dry eye, cataracts, and then the eye exercises to, to help integrate that surgery that you had way back when you were young. That's kind of the first step. And then once that gets a little more integrated, the surgery gets a little more integrated into your brain and eyes, then you can venture into more uh, two-eyed visual coordination exercises. So it's a process. Uh, you have to be disciplined about it. It takes time. You know, I would expect to work on this uh, process probably for the next year. It's definitely something that you're going to have to attend to. But if you do, you're definitely going to see improvements. So Catherine, best of luck to you, and thank you very much for the question. All right, next question. This is a very interesting question. Uh, this this gal has autoimmune disease, and she's experiencing dry eye, which is actually, just let me stop here for a second. You know, there is a really strong connection between autoimmune disease and how it really attacks the eyes, especially in the dry eye area. It's definitely uh, problematic in terms of uh, inflammation in the eye. Okay, she's also sharing that she's starting to get a cataract, and... Um, her doctor gave her some kind of a medication, but she had a reaction to it. She had two optic auras the past two evenings, no headache. Uh, should she go back to the eye doctor? Well, that's a no-brainer, absolutely yes, um, to, to rule out you know, things like retinal detachment or vitreous detachment or any neurological issues. She also has a gene mutation for, cl for a clotting disorder and she takes an enzyme for that. Well, that's, that's good. And she's asking whether the MSM eye drops would cause any side effects because of this uh, clotting disorder. Well, this is, um, this is interesting because, you know, MSM, whether you're doing the eye drop, which, which I'm not um, selling anymore, or um, the MSM orally, MSM is a sulfur-based uh, ingredient. Sulfur is the third leading trace mineral found in the body. And it has so many positive benefits. One of the, the main benefits that, that sulfur has is that it works in tandem with glutathione, glutathione. And many people are deficient in sulfur in their body. Now, sulfur also is a great detoxifier and it's also a wonderful anti-inflammatory agent. It also improves collagen health. So there's nothing in the MSM that's going to uh, compete or create side effects to the clotting disorder. However, 
My concern is that because you have an autoimmune disease, one of the things that, that and this goes across the board, if you have a, an autoimmune issue, two things you need to really pay attention to. Number one is you have to do everything you can to boost your immune system. And how to do that, you know, there's 10 ways up the mountain, but certainly a functional medicine doctor could assess your dietary absorption, your uh, microbiome health, your um, inflammation, uh, and things like mold and toxicities and old traumas. You know, all of these things impede the immune system to work properly. And just like anything else, we need to exercise our immune system. You know, people will say to me, oh, I got sick this winter and, you know, I never get sick. And, you know, it's, it's actually really important that you work out your immune system because the more you work it out, the stronger it gets, the more resilient it is. And in today's world, with all the bombardments we have with 5G, with environmental toxicities, with stress, with the speed in our culture, we have to evolve to, uh, to uh, developing a better immune system. So with the MSM question, MSM is there to help reduce the inflammation. That's one of the interfering factors in our immune system being to, able to work properly. And this dry eye problem that you have is a result at some level of either the glands in the eyes and the lymph in the eyes not working well because the lymph is part of how we, you know, how we use our immune system. So using the uh, anti-inflammatory homeopathic eye drops will work topically, but I would uh, really address any inflammation that you have in your body, and this is where the oral MSM would be great. Uh, you need to monitor and track your response because what could get triggered, which has nothing to do with the clotting, is a detoxification. And if you've never done a detox before and all of a sudden you're doing things like MSM or you're doing you know, other, other um, modalities that can trigger uh, in, you know, inflammation and detox, uh, this is, can be disconcerting. So I would go slow. You know, if you're going to use the MSM, since we can't use the eye drops anymore. Now, if you have them, use them until they're done. You can switch over to the oral MSM, and that will be great for your collagen health and reducing inflammation and helping you assimilate glutathione. But probably one of the best things you can do, aside from you know my dry eye protocol, is either go to a naturopath or functional medicine doctor or acupuncturist and get some support there in terms of boosting your immune system and working on uh, what's going on in terms of your toxicity level uh, and doing some detox, improving your dietary absorption, and go from there. But just generally your question, MSM and clotting, uh, there shouldn't be an issue there. So thank you very much for the question and take care. All right, let's go to this question. This is from a listener, Laura. She's been diagnosed with something called central uh, retinal vein occlusion. And her specific question is, will krill oil help? Well, it's important to note that if you have any uh, vascular 
problem in the retina that the first thing that you need to do is to um, get checked for things like diabetes, high blood pressure. And so, we're, again, I, I like to go to a holistic doctor in this way because I don't like to take medications. But you need to rule out this whole uh, va vascular issue, blood pressure, cholesterol levels. Uh, because some things that you need to consider if you've gotten this central or branch ret retinal vein occlusion is are you eating an anti-inflammatory diet? Are you at a healthy weight? Do you exercise regularly? Um, do you practice stress reduction activities? Uh, now, in terms of targeting the retinal health, it's really important that you get these ingredients either through your foods or through a supplement. Lutein, 20 milligrams uh, a day. Zeaxanthin, 10 milligrams a day. These are the carotenoids that I talk about in terms of a healthy macula. Resveratrol has been found to be very helpful for retinal health, about 150 milligrams a day. Omega-3 fatty acids, really important. Two to 3,000 IUs a day. Grapeseed extract, 300 milligrams a day. Astaxanthin, which is another uh, carotenoid, we call it a marine carotenoid, that's somewhere between six to 12 milligrams a day. Ginkgo, 120 milligrams per day. Bilberry, 100 milligrams per day. You might talk to your, uh, your functional medicine doctor about something called natokinase. And th this is uh, an ingredient that actually can improve your overall circulation. Uh, and if, if your functional medicine doctor signs off on it, it may be something that you could do that could help both your retinal circulation and your systemic cir circulation. Buffered vitamin C, about 2,000 milligrams a day. Taurine, which is a dynamite amino acid, really good for your eyes and your brain. Vitamin D3, uh, E green tea extract is another one that's very good for your retinal health. Make sure that in your, your diet you're getting ginger root, turmeric, uh, obviously your cruciferous vegetables, green leafy vegetables. And then I, I like, uh, like in my smoothies, I'll use things like cucumber and celery because they're really anti-inflammatory. Uh, use the Tears Forte homeopathic eye drops four to six times a day with the eye massage, the eye bath. Uh, Tears Forte is a great homeopathic eye drop that uh, helps improve your eye lymph, your eye circulation while reducing uh, inflammation. Uh, so in terms of your, your question about krill oil, I would tend to go more towards omega-3 because I'm really wanting high levels of DHA. The DHA in omega-3 is really uh, preventative, restorative for your eye health. So that's where I would go. I wouldn't do the, um, the krill oil. So I hope that that is helpful. Uh, best of luck to you. Okay, this is our last question today. This is from a listener, Barbara. Barbara, thanks for your question. So she writes, I'm using MSM eye drops, but they've been discontinued. Do the cataract drops with Cineraria replace it? Can they be used if you don't have cataracts? I have dry eyes, and I've been trying to find a healthy eye drop. Also, I take L-glutathione, 3,000 milligrams in, my, in a gut supplement, although what that won't be forever. Is your glutathione sublingual, uh, the same as the L-glutathione? Would it be safe to use both? 
All right, well, let's address the glutathione question first. So the ingredients in my sublingual glutathione, it's deionized water, S-acetyl-L-glutathione, N-acetyl-L-cysteine, uh, acetylcarnitine, L-glutamine, uh, L-glutathione tripeptides, lipoic acid. Uh, so it will work well, the sublingual will work well, either on its own or in combination with your oral glutathione, no problems there. Certainly always check in with your doctor, uh, show it to him, and make sure that he signs off on it. But the sublingual is great because it has rapid absorption and uh, it's, the delivery system is really good. Uh, so I can say that the sublingual glutathione works really well. Now, in terms of the tears forte, you are going to substitute them for the MSM. And the tears forte, because they're homeopathic, they're going to be stimulating your own immune system, lymph system in your eyes. And if you use the eye massage and the, um, the eye bath, what you do is you put the tears forte in, you do this for 30 seconds, and then you immediately put the cineraria eye drops in afterwards. The cineraria eye drops target the, the lens of the eye. Uh, the tears forte target the dry eye, and they also are anti-inflammatory. Uh, so if you want to continue with MSM, what I'm going to be offering is an oral MSM. I find that a lot of eye problems have their source in systemic and metabolic issues that occur in the body, especially inflammatory issues. So the MSM oral you're going to get that sulfur that you need that's going to help with the, um, uh, the absorption of glutathione. So I think it's a win-win situation. Uh, one of the things I really like about Tears Forte is that being homeopathic, not only does it uh, work to reduce oxidative stress and reduce inflammation, um, but it's homeopathic, which means it's stimulating your own system to, to uh, hook in, to, to start working. The MSM does not do that, and that's kind of one of the differences. And uh, I, again, I, I feel really strongly about MSM because of the sulfur in it, but getting it orally, I think, will solve that problem, and you're not going to have the same side effects. A lot of my community was dealing with burning with the MSM, cloudiness of the eyes, uh, and so with the Tears Forte, super soothing, super, super comforting, super lubricating. So it's going to be much more comfortable, and it works very closely with Cineraria. Now, the Cineraria is used uh, specifically to improve lens health. So using both of them together is the way to go. So that's my show for today. Wow. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. 
Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.